With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host Andy Mitz. Today we have a fairly quick episode for you. Uh, not not as long as we usually have, but I was able to touch base with uh, Fetch briefly. We recapped the TCU game and specifically the debut of Ochayabaji. Um and then we looked ahead a little bit to the, both the Baylor and the Texas games. Um, the Texas game is coming up a little too quick, I think, for us to get an episode in in between. So, um, but I will go ahead and get you right on over to that interview. And I'm joined once again by Steve Fetch. Fetch, how you doing tonight? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So obviously the uh, the the game we we're here to talk about is that TCU game. Um, we're going to look ahead a little bit to the Baylor game coming up on Saturday, and then the Texas game on Monday, um, just because I don't think we're going to be able to get to to a podcast in between those two. But let, let's talk about the big stories that come out of TCU. Um, I have a couple, and I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, actually I'm going to ask you what yours is first because. I'm pretty sure you can probably guess what mine is. Sure. You know, I don't know that I have um, any, well, obviously other than the debut of uh, Ochai Abaji. I mean, he was, uh, didn't exactly fill up the statute, I guess, but was just, you know, looked like he was ready to play. Uh, obviously, they drew up that alley-oop for him. Uh, first play right out of the shoes when he came in, and, and he was able to dunk that. And then he had another one later uh, in the first half, and, um, I was most impressed with his defense. Uh, played really well on that end. Um, so that's, I think, probably the the big thing, just because he's he's new. But uh, the other big thing for me was just, you know, it, it looks like with uh, Yudoka Azubuki out, that Dietrich Lawson is going to get right back to playing like a potential national player of the year. Um, he had a, a personal 9-0 run in the second half there. He finished with I think 31 points. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm driving right now, so I don't have the stats in front of me. So today you're getting all hot takes and no stats from me. But uh, 
had a, just another tremendous game where it didn't really look like anyone could stop him. So uh, I think we're probably going to see a little bit more of that going forward. Yeah, yeah, I can fill in stats where you need me to, but you're right. He had 31 points in 35 minutes. Um, was was actually he was he was eight of 15 from two, two of four from three, which I think was a big deal for him to go, for, you know, to to shoot for them and make two of them. Um, but also nine of 13 from the free throw line. Um, back to Abaji real quick. You're right. He didn't really fill up the stat sheet. He did play 25 minutes, which was well over the 10 minutes. You know, you thought he wouldn't have an anything yeah. for the rest of the year. Um, he blew that out of the water right in the first half, actually. Um, you know, he only ended up with seven points, but I think it was what was most impressive was the way that they were using him. You know, they used him a lot um, really to set up what other guys were doing. Um, he had he had quite a few passes where he didn't end up getting the assist because he passed to a guy who passed to the guy that made the shot. Um, but he was heavily involved in the offense. Um, it's very, very clear, you know, he wasn't the guy that, took the red shirt because he needed the time to get up to speed. It's definitely pretty clear from that first debut that, you know, he took the red shirt because they had so many guys at the beginning of the year that they thought were going to be really good for them, that there just wasn't going to be any minutes. Um, and obviously Bill Self in the past has been very reluctant to pull red shirts off of guys because the few times that he's done it, they typically don't get in. You know, we, we don't see them very much. And so it's kind of been a wasted red shirt. And, you know, so the fact that he went ahead and pulled him um, was already kind of a red flag, I think, to everybody because of his, his history. But it also showed that he kind of had the forethought this time that if I'm going to go ahead and pull his red shirt, I typically haven't been very good. Let's go ahead and design some stuff to get him going right away. And you saw with how well he was able to get in the offense, you know, how well he was able to read plays. And specifically, like you said, with his defense, um, that really it's just a matter of they thought they had so many guys. And now that they finally decided to burn the red shirt. Um, he's good enough that he can play on pretty much any lineup. I think I, I think you had made a comment about this, but he, he seems to be the first player off the bench now at this point, which is pretty big for a guy that was supposed to redshirt the year. Yeah, that, that wasn't me, but I could definitely see that happening. Um, it's probably going to be, you know, dependent on who starts, if, if Marcus Garrett starts or not. Uh, going forward, or if, you know, Gerald Bick maybe sits on the bench one game. I mean, it, it kind of is going to depend on a lot of things. But, yeah, I think he is going to be getting a, a lot of playing time. I'm going to be very wrong both on the number of minutes uh, per game that he gets and the number of total minutes that he gets. A hundred, you're thinking? <laughs> yeah, something like that, which obviously is going to be very wrong. But um, the thing that I think I just keep coming back to his defense and the fact that he can switch on multiple guys. He's probably not quite as versatile as uh, Marcus Garrett is. I don't know that he would have as much success guarding fours because he's just not as tall and long as Garrett. But um, I think he can guard ones through threes and, and maybe some smaller fours. And when you have two guys on the floor at the same time who can do that, plus you've got a guy like Devin Dotson who is, um, from what I've seen so far anyway, the best uh, – defensive point guard in the big 12 um that that's going to give you a lot of flexibility and it's going to allow you to to weather some storms uh offensively where they can't seem to to put teams away offensively but they i think can do it uh on the defensive end this year yeah i think i can definitely agree with that so um but like you were saying you know how um you know if if garrett's starting uh, honestly though just looking at the way the minutes were distributed um you know baji had the fifth most minutes out of anybody. Um, Quentin Grimes actually sat for quite a bit in this game. I was a little bit disappointed with him not being able to continue. 
Um, I wonder how much of that, I believe he got two quick fouls pretty early in the game and so sat for a good portion of the first half. Um, so, I mean, I guess I can understand a little bit. Getting those two quick fouls is going to kind of suppress what he can do. But it also seemed that when he was in there, he, he had taken a step back. I do think, though, part of that might have been a conscious decision of, you know, we've got Abaji out here. Let's go ahead and let him really get into it, and then we can kind of step back and do what we think our normal rotation is going to be. Um, so I mean, I, I'm not expecting Abaji to get 25 minutes a game going forward. I do think he has, can routinely get between 15 and 20, though. Um, I, I think Grimes will kind of take a step back up. Like the, the five that started last night were Vic, Lawson, Garrett, Dotson, and Grimes, and I think that that's a pretty good bet to be our starting five moving forward, barring, of course, any other you know, injuries or, or something else going on. So I think that that's pretty set as our starting rotation. And then depending on how the game's going and who gets in foul trouble, we'll determine whether it's McCormick or Abaji coming off or, or even maybe like, maybe like KJ Lawson coming off as the first guy off the bench, just kind of situationally. Um, but I do think it's telling that he's going to be most likely our first guard to come off the bench, like true guard as opposed to a combo player like, like, like KJ Lawson. Um, you know, it's very telling that he's able to step into that role immediately. And so I'm, I'm very excited. You know, I was, I'm willing to admit I was definitely wrong. The last podcast I said that I didn't think he would and I didn't think that he should pull that red shirt off of Agbaji. But um, I was definitely wrong on that. I'm glad to see that he did it and that he had such a successful debut. Other stories coming out of this game. Um, I kind of mentioned a little bit about Clinton Grimes. Um, you know, his, I guess, disappointing um, appearance there. Uh, Dedrick Lawson, you kind of already talked about how much he dominated. I don't think that's anything out of the ordinary, though, so I don't really want to spend much time on it. Um, so I guess, um, which which do you think was more disappointing, the fact that Quentin Grimes only got 16 minutes due to the foul trouble, or that a guy like Charlie Moore or David McCormick, you know, Moore only had four minutes, McCormick only had one minute? Are you Are you disappointed that they weren't able to get in for very much, or is this kind of like a one-game blip that you're not necessarily too concerned about? Well, I, I think I'm I think Grimes probably played a little bit better than most people seem to just kind of reading reactions and stuff. I thought he was pretty good defensively. Um, offensively, you know, I think he did a pretty good job getting himself in good spots as far as uh, making cuts of the basket, getting open for threes. Um, he's a, a pretty inconsistent shooter, so there's going to definitely be days where he's just missing those open threes. Um, I also think that I can't remember if it was his first foul or a second foul. I think it was a second foul, but it was a an offensive foul that was just you know absolute garbage. Uh, the TCU guy uh, wasn't there and also kind of stuck his hip into him, and they called Grimes for the charge rather than the block. But and if um, I remember right, his 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 heel was like ever so slightly, I think, on the arc as well. Because I, I remember talking about that one. Like my my son was really surprised when I started just yelling at the TV for that one because yeah. There was like three different ways that that didn't look like an offensive foul. Yeah, yeah, that was really bad. But I, I like the aggressiveness. I like him, uh, you know, still trying to get to the hoop and everything like that. Um, Charlie Moore is probably the player that I'm most disappointed in, just on a, a season long basis. Um, I, I think the three pointer is, is going to tick up a little bit. The three point percentage, um, his shots not great looking, but it's not bad, and and he shot it. A decent percentage at Cal and also is a, a pretty good free throw shooter. So you have to assume that the three-point percentage is going to come up a little bit here towards the end of the year. But other than that, I just think he's stuck in a, a little bit too much of the mode that he was in as a freshman when he was really the only guy at Cal who could take a lot of these shots. And, and now, you know, he's got Dieter Clausen to pass the ball to and, and some other guys with a lot of talent to, to pass the ball to where he doesn't really need to take 
some of these wild shots that he's taking inside the arc. So if he can um, get rid of those, and then, like I said, if that three-point percentage can tick up a little bit, I think he'll he'll look a little bit better. But for now, I think he's probably the guy that I'm uh, the most disappointed in. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I can definitely agree with that. But um, all right, so any, anything else you want to talk about specifically about this game? Uh, no, I think we're I think we're ready for the weekend. Sounds sounds good. So obviously, they have two games coming up this weekend. Uh, they play at Baylor on Saturday, and then they come home to host Texas for Big Monday. Um, so first question, which of those two games are you more worried about? You know, that's a good question. Um, I, I think just because it's on the road, it's got to be Baylor. Uh, they're not a, a very good team, but they've played TCU tough, and obviously they beat Iowa State. So uh, they're they're getting things clicking here a little bit here in Big 12 season. Um, uh, Kansas is going to be looking for a little revenge after Baylor beat them by double digits last year. Uh, Texas, I'm not really worried about just because it's at home, although Texas uh, does have some, some guys on their team that um, I, I like quite a bit. I, I like more of their guys than I would expect given kind of how down they've been this year. So um, I'll, I'll say Baylor just because it's on the road, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if both are relatively close. Yeah, so looking at Ken Palm, Ken Palm thinks that, KU has a, a better chance of winning the game against Texas. And I think most of that has to do with the fact that it's at home. Um, Texas is a much better team, I think, overall compared to Baylor. Um, but I think the other thing that you can't really overlook, obviously, is how important home home advantage, home court advantage has been in the Big 12 so far this year. Um, so I do think, like you said, that most of them are going to have problems um, while they're on the road, and the, these games are both probably going to be pretty close. I don't really expect them to lose either of these games. Um, the thing I will say, um, I am more worried about Baylor just in fact, just because they have a lot down low um, that could potentially make this game difficult. Um, I think it's going to be really hard for a guy like McCormick to get in and play significant minutes just because he's probably not going to fare very well um, down low with what Baylor has. Um, and if we can't, you know, if we're not careful, they can establish that down low. Um, this game is going to be heavily dependent on our three-point shooting because that's where we have the advantage over Baylor, I think. Um, so I, I am a little worried about that just with how streaky our three-point shooters have been. Um, but, you know, Texas is definitely a much better team, and they're a much better defensive team. Um, so so while we may be able to get going a little bit better with a guy like Deidre Blossom, um, you know, he may be able to exert himself just a little bit better there. Um they are a much better defensive team overall, and so that that's definitely got to be a concern. So, are, are there any particular matchups from either of those games that you're that you're either excited to see or worried about how it's going to? Well, be? yeah, one thing I'm interested in is how Kansas uh, attacks Baylor's zone, given the fact that they don't have multiple really good three point shooters this year. Um, you have to expect Baylor's going to try and pack it in a little bit inside on. Um, Dieter Klaassen whenever they can and whenever he catches the ball. Um, it'd be interesting to see who Bill Self kind of puts at that free throw line of that zone, um, how they try to attack it. That's one thing I'm, I'm really interested in. And then Texas, I think, uh, I'm interested to see how they uh, guard Jackson Hayes, who's a guy who kind of flew a little bit under the radar uh, in terms of recruiting season. I mean, I, I don't follow recruiting very much, but I had never heard of him. Uh, when Texas signed him, and right now he's looking like probably the best uh, NBA draft prospect in the Big 12. So uh, really interested to see how they defend him and whether they try to go at him a little bit on the other end of the floor and what that looks like. Yeah, Jackson Hayes definitely, um, I mean, 
you know, being inside like that, he's got the 10th highest block percentage of any team in the nation. So that's a big, a big uh, presence on the inside. I think we're helped a little bit by the fact that we don't really have anybody who camps out inside very much. Um, even Dietrich Lawson's game isn't necessarily so much going directly at the rim as opposed to um, a lot of movement and passing down by the rim. And can, you know, he's, he's been pretty good at either going to the bucket or, or fading away from the bucket as needed to kind of get around and over guys. So I think that helps a little bit going up against a guy like Hayes. Um, I think Texas, the guy that, that scares me the most uh, on the Texas team is probably, um, wait a minute, I had it and then I lost it. Uh, let's see. I mean, Roach in general just seems to be a really good overall, uh, well-rounded player. His assist rate is, is pretty good. Um, I think that's kind of what just gets me the most about Texas. That they, they are a very coherent team, and while their, their offense isn't like super highly rated, they definitely have shown that they know what they're doing. They've been able to play with some really good teams. They also have some really puzzling losses, though. So you don't really quite know what you're going to get. I mean, they they beat North Carolina on a neutral floor, um, but then lost to Radford a week later. So um, you don't really know what you're going to get with this team, but they've shown the ability to play really, really high-level uh, basketball. So um, they also, I mean, you know, they lost at Oklahoma State um, back on Tuesday which I actually watched a good portion of that game. They were just completely off. Uh, they had no timing with each other. They just weren't playing very well on the road. I don't know if that was more of a being on the road type of thing or if it was, um, you know, that they just had an off night in general. I guess we'll find out a little bit more when they, uh, when they, when they actually come to Kansas. But All right, so um, any, any other thoughts about either of those games? Well, I think, you know, I, I did the Baylor preview uh, today, so they're a little bit more uh, fresh in my mind. Um, one thing that I did notice is they're a, a terrible three-point shooting team, which is obviously only going to help uh, Kansas. Um, they kind of get most of their points really on, on offensive rebounds and, and second-chance opportunities. And um, even with KU, I think they still have, you know, a little bit of a, a lack of size issue now with, with uh, you know, Kazabuki out for the year. But, um might be a game that uh, McCormick gets to to get in there um, for a few minutes because he's been a, a really good rebounder, um, better rebounder than than Mitch Lightfoot, and I think they need that a little bit more than uh, Lightfoot's ability to to get out and guard on the perimeter. Um, so if Kansas can can keep Baylor off uh, the offensive glass, I think they will maybe have a, an opportunity to win by a little bit more than people expect, and and I think they do have the personnel to do that because they've been a pretty good defensive rebounding team so far this year, even without Azubuki on the floor. Yeah, Baylor's best chance to win this game is to keep it a very low-scoring game, um, very bruising type of game, try to get Kansas in foul trouble, because um, that's that's where that team excels is on the defensive end. They are, they're, only, they're ranked 115th nationally on offense, which is not good at all. Um, their defense is ranked 33rd, so they're, they're definitely much more of a defensive team, and they, they have some bodies to be able to do that sort of thing. So it's just a matter of can Kansas keep the, the Baylor defense from dictating the pace of the game, um, even though I think Kansas is going to have a really good game defensively because they've got their own really good defensive players. Um, Baylor has a good shot in this one if they can make it a very defensive low-scoring game. Um, if Kansas can start get running and go on any kind of big run at any point in the game, that makes it a lot harder for Baylor to stick around. All right, now that we've done, done kind of the, the obvious analysis, what do you think – what's your, your craziest prediction for something that's going to happen in either of these two games? 
Uh, let's see here. Um, I think we're going full hot takes. <laughs> What's that? We're going full hot takes here. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, let's see. I think uh, Mitch Lightfoot is going to make two threes against Texas, um, which would be, I think, probably a little nuts. Uh, and then I'm going to say I think Diedrich Lawson's actually going to have a really big game against Baylor, even though that uh, even though that zone's going to be designed to to stop him. I don't think they'll have enough possessions to get a 30 point game, but what the hell this is supposed to be a, a hot take thing. So I'm going to say he goes for like 30 and 20 against Baylor. That would be pretty insane. My weird off the wall, crazy prediction is that Abaji is going to posterize somebody this weekend. I'm not sure who, I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but it's going to be uh, probably more likely in the, uh, in the Baylor game. I think that he's just going to go and randomly posterize somebody. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, all right, you have a, a random a random sports minute for us today. Yeah, I do. So um, normally when we do these, it's we you know we dip into kind of the the off the beaten path stuff. Um, I'm going the opposite way uh, because I'm a, a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, so I'm going into the NBA. Uh, just want to say thank God they finally fired uh, Tom Thibodeau <laughs> after uh, two and uh, about a half years of disastrous coaching performance uh they hired ryan ryan saunders who's the son of uh former wolves coach and gm flip saunders who unfortunately passed away about i think five ish years ago now um had his debut on tuesday and and the wolves won a close one against oklahoma city and um it just you can tell uh, how much more the players like him than tibbs and stuff so uh really happy they let him have the job on an interim basis and uh, the only bad thing about it is, is that he's like one year older than me. So I'm starting to get to the point where, uh, coaches are my same age. So I might have to, you know, just, uh, pick out a casket, uh, right about now. Yeah. So, so, uh, how worried were you when all the rumors were flying around that they were going to hire Fred Hoiberg to follow? You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know, to be honest with you, because I, I don't think that you can judge a guy based on how well he works with the Bulls front office just because that place is such a clown show. So I definitely, you know, I, I think he probably deserves another crack at coaching. I guess I, I would rather it not be for a team I root for just because I do think the jury's out on him a little bit. But, um, you know, who knows? I think he still has the, you know, the chops to eventually be a good coach. It's just so tough to, so tough to analyze someone based on what they did with the Bulls. Well, I mean, the other thing too, you know, we've, we've seen in the past coaches that make the jump from college coaching to NBA coaching. It takes them a little while to kind of get their feet under them. Other than Brad Stevens, I think it's the only one I can think of that immediately hit, seemed to hit the ground running. Um, but even then he rounded into form after, you know, a couple of years. So right. um, it's, it's hard to really read too much into that when, you know, it's going to take him probably another few years to really get to a point where he is going at full capacity, assuming that uh, you know he sticks around in NBA coaching. There's actually speculation he might go back to college, depending on who offers him a job first. So, all right. Any other final thoughts you want to throw out there before we get done for the day? I think we nailed it. Sounds good. All right. Well, Fetch, thanks again for joining me. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. And that'll do it for today's episode. Uh, coming up for the Jayhawks for all the different programs. Obviously, we have the men's basketball game at three three o'clock today. Um, that is at Baylor. Uh, that's down in Waco, but also the tennis team opened up 
the spring season yesterday at the Orlando Invitational. That continues today and tomorrow. Uh, the women's basketball team is going to K-State tomorrow. Uh, it's at 12 p.m. It's on Fox Sports Network or on the Jayhawk Radio Network. Um, and then Monday, obviously, KU welcomes Texas in for Big Monday. It's at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Um, also coming up uh, on Wednesday, I-, I think we'll have an episode before then, but just in case we don't, um, the swimming and diving team is at William Jewell. Uh, at 6 p.m. I don't know that that's on anywhere you can actually watch it, but we'll definitely follow the results from that. And the women's basketball team, uh, again, it's on the Jayhawk Network, the Jayhawk Radio Network at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, January 16th. The women's basketball team hosts Baylor uh, in in Allen Fieldhouse. So um, just some things to keep an eye on, some results to look forward to. We will be back sometime next week. We're probably only going to do one podcast episode next week just because there's uh, we're only going to be in between one game. So... Um, I might, if depending on what other what other sports uh, and what other uh, interviews I can line up, we might throw an extra episode in there for you at some point. But uh, if you haven't already, please do go ahead and find us out on iTunes. Give us a, a rating, preferably five stars, and a review. Uh, nice comments, please. Um, you know, getting that getting that out there really does help to put the name out there to get us a little higher on the charts there, so that more people can find us. Um, if you, if you want to get in touch with us, obviously the email is rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at rockchalkpod. So if you want your comments, your questions, anything, any suggestions you might have to make the podcast better, uh, please do let us know. Um, but with that, we'll go ahead and get out of here for the day. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.